You're tuned in to this week's edition of Socially Athletic with your host, Connor Creedon. Connor and the guests look to discuss the various aspects of sports media in Division Three athletics. As a D3 athlete, he's watched live sports broadcasting and social media play a huge role in creating a better fan and athlete experience. Welcome to Socially Athletic. Hello and welcome everyone to the very special second edition of Socially Athletic. I'm your host, Connor Creedon, and with me today is our first guest, kicking it off with a good one, Mr. Aaron Palmer. AP is a sports communications major here at Piedmont. He's also a senior like myself. We're both working on Capstone, and he also has been a member of the Piedmont Lions basketball team since he's been here too. Aaron, how are you? It's great to have you on. Doing well. Thank you for having me on. Always a pleasure to be on podcasts here and help people out with different projects. I know Capstone's a stressful time. So always glad that uh, we can help each other out with these uh, different projects. Big time. And the best thing about uh, you say helping me out, the good news is you have quite the background that I'm looking for specifically with my topic. Um, And if you guys were able to tune in for that first episode, basically what I'm talking about here is kind of the growth and development of Division Three athletics from a media standpoint, specifically the um, engagement with social media and live broadcast media that has been a lot more – it's come a lot more into the forefront for Division Three than it ever really has been. So that's something pretty interesting that I've been looking into. But, Aaron, I know you and me both, I talked about it uh, last episode, worked with Daniel Percival here, the sports information yep. director. I know you do photography and a lot of video. Um, have you ever done any of the live bro- – working with the live broadcast team up there? Yeah, so actually uh, there's been a few times where I've been like the camera operator. I know – couple years ago uh i was working out there for soccer men's men's and women's soccer uh mostly on the men's games um there was a lot of times i believe it was during the covid year actually um i had a few games out there i got to be a camera operator and then shoot some sideline video which is more my speed but i do remember fondly being out there and having a a game it was a men's soccer game against uh averett i believe Mm -hmm. and it was pouring rain oh man i had to be on the operation for that but it was really cool it was a really exciting game uh, it's really interesting to see how we've grown um, kind of in broadcast, kind of like you've been talking about. I know when I first got here as a freshman, we, you know, we had our commentators, we had the broadcast going on, but the level of production that we uh, have been able to like attain here has really stepped up in a way where we kind of mirror some of those those higher-end broadcasts kind of competing with Division One and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely, and that's a lot of what I've been looking into is the fact that uh, – with Division One, they've obviously set the bar relatively high, and a lot of that is, I mean, because they get those nationally televised games, mm-hmm. and that really kind of seals the deal because a lot of that I know involves the other network handling certain things. But you mentioned, uh, you know, that COVID year is when you started doing that, and that's a lot of what I've realized through this research is that I know specifically for Piedmont, it seems like that's really when they kind of threw that um, – they put that standard in there as something mm-hmm. where how are we going to give – you know, the live brought like these fans, the live games and the kids, you know, whose fi- parents, you know, other family members and friends usually come to the games were still playing mm-hmm. and it was an empty gym at least. I mean, I know that had to kind of yeah. suck uh, with it being an empty gym, but at least they were able to see something of the game and, you know, cheer from a distance. You knew they'd be watching. Um, so how because when you first came here, was that did you guys do live broadcasting at all? So we had I know for our games, we had them live broadcast. We had commentators, but it was always students um, in the mass comm department, kind of still how typical of how it is now. Um, but I just say the level of talent that we've had over the past few years has been on the rise. 
And obviously we have classes as a part of our department that lean in towards learning skills on broadcast. Obviously I've taken sports casting with DVC. So those different classes I feel like and the different level of talent that we've had come through here have elevated our broadcast from a Piedmont standpoint. But I know overall when I watch different games like from our away games when they have broadcast teams there's specific peoples whose voices are familiar they'll be on the broadcast like they're locals in the area or they there's like a specific person that each school has that does their broadcast that i've noticed when i watch away games but i'd say for from a piedmont standpoint um i'd just say the level of talent obviously the great bread loftus being the staple of Piedmont broadcast really big, putting big us time, on the map. Big time. Really putting us on the map when it comes to that. That was really important. And so when I see that kind of prog progression right there, I think it has a lot to do with the students, but also the staff. Uh, Danielle had her experience working with ESPN. Um, she knows how to put on a good broadcast, and she knows how to put the right people in the right place to get us the, the best product out there when it comes to our broadcast and making the people at home uh, feel as just engaged into the sport that they're watching just as much as the people who are there actually watching in a person. And, I mean, the whole point of having that live broadcast option is so people who can't make it to the games, you know, are able to watch. And I personally feel like it seems like it would make that the game feel way more legit in terms of, mm -hmm. you know, I mean – Yes, it's Division Three, and we're here playing Division Three athletics. That's what we enjoy doing. But it's like you necessarily don't want it to feel like that typical, oh, Division Three. I mean, I know we get it a lot with track, you know, oh, it's Division Three, whatever the case may be. It sometimes doesn't feel as official as it could be. Mm -hmm. But I know that live broadcasting and another aspect of it being the social media engagement yeah. that it seems like from, you know, if I, maybe I'm not able to make it to a basketball game, I can easily figure out you know, what happened. And a lot of times I'm not even looking for it. It pops up right there. And like most fans today are not even really looking for that stuff. It's already on their feed that, you know, Twitter knows what people like and mm -hmm. stuff. So you click on that and you get the whole preview, which I think is really interesting. Um, you also mentioned an aspect of that with the, uh, the sports communication and like the stuff specific to our major. I think that's what's been really cool. And I think a lot of that um, Division three will start leaning more towards that, like you said, with establishing kind of like not necessarily a cycle, but, you know, when people leave and, you know, even at other schools, when people leave here and cycle through, there's always someone, you know, ready to kind of pick up the slack and see what we got going on. And like you said, I know that DVC sportscasting class definitely makes a difference with that. So still riding that social media wavelength. Um, I know, Aaron, when I, as a track athlete, I, you know, we leave the meets and uh, Danielle in her office will kind of process all the information, write the article, and a lot of that goes on social media. And I personally think, I mean, that's a that's a that's a big thing that people do care about, athletes mm -hmm. and fans alike. It honestly seems like that. Like I mentioned, it kind of brings it the program itself to a whole new uh, level. As a basketball player, I assume also it's probably the same feeling similar to that. Yeah. So I'd say our social media game has definitely stepped up since I was a freshman. Obviously, social media has evolved a lot since like 2018. Now it's 2023. But I will say each program has its own like Instagram account now, Twitter account. That wasn't always the case when I came in as a freshman. I know when I was here as a freshman, Piedmont Basketball did not have an Instagram account. Now we have our own. We get our own game day graphics um, made by some of our coaches and shared with us. Um, by people who work in athletic, uh, the athletic office. And so it's always cool to see which, which of our promo picks they're going to use for this week's game day graphic. And the graphics themselves have really stepped up. I'm not sure the quite actual design software or app that they use to make all of our stuff, but it's 
a really good one and I know that they pay a good subscription for that and I really enjoy it because I know when I came in as a freshman, we didn't have as much exposure on social media as a university and a university athletics department. But now every time when there's a game or someone does well, you get a nice graphic for it. You get nice stories written about them and it gives a lot more exposure to the athletes. One uh, perspective athletes who want to come here, they can look at those social media pages and see, Oh wow, it's still division three, but I'm still getting this exposure and notoriety. It's really cool to see all that. And it just helps kind of like your morale as a school. You get to kind of brag on yourself and post all this stuff on social media, like the new conference that we're in, the social media um, that they have, trying to build up the CCS and sharing with all our other pages. It kind of creates this more welcoming environment for Division Three sports. I know when you look at a lot of D1s, you're seeing hype videos and stuff like that about all these sports. It's something we've kind of been able to mirror and create. Um, me working in videography, I, I was able to create like some promo videos for my team just when we're taking our promo pics, and it got posted on our team social media. So that made yeah, me feel that's really awesome. good. That's cool. Yeah. So that stuff like that made me feel really good. And I think uh, overall, yeah, social media at the Division three level, specifically at Piedmont as well, has really stepped its game up. And I think like like you're saying, in today's world, that's kind of the building blocks for how to create essentially a, a successful university, especially when you look at the Division three level. A lot of times, you know, okay, take UGA, for example. Students know, if even if they're not thinking about sports, they know what UGA is all about academically, and they kind of know what it has to offer. But for a lot of people, with Piedmont, I know recently in, that, uh, in the most recent edition of one of the magazines that came out, it's about like 60% of Piedmont student body is student athletes. Student athletes yeah. So it's, it's like at that point, you know Piedmont's all about sports, but the sports is a lot of the ways that a lot of the, um, you know, like you said, prospects and people who maybe haven't really heard anything about Piedmont can see a quick little something on social media that kind of sparks a whole train of, oh, you know, let's see what's really going on at Piedmont. Yep. And then you hear stuff about like what, the nursing programs, this program, and all the other great programs that Piedmont has because – there's ob- I don't think there's one that's lacking personally, but it is interesting to see how like social media essentially with such a boom it has now. And like you say, compared to 2018, I think it's done so much for Piedmont as a whole. And mm-hmm. it's easy to think, oh, you know, this has to be being replicated across Division three because everybody already knows and has seen what Division one is due. But if you put that, um, you know, with Division three and make it happen, even with a small as group as three people in the sports information uh, office, yep. Danielle and her two staffers. And then, of course, the body of that is MassCom and SportsCom students and yep. other students who just want to get involved. I think it really is unique because I really do feel like, from what I've heard from schools like UGA, getting involved in a position like this is way easier here because it's more necessary to say, okay, we know you guys can do it, throw you into the fire and make it happen because it isn't that such a large-scale production. But at the same time, that value is exactly equal. Yeah, that's that's a really crazy thing about it. And when you think about Division One schools and a lot of bigger schools, these roles that they kind of fill are all like full-time positions or part-time like actual jobs that people like move there for and they're like getting paid to do. Um, not to say we don't get paid here, but for a lot of us, it's to either perform a project for a class or earn some credit or you're working in an internship under Danielle and her staff, which is only three people like in our uh, SID department or in our athletics and information department. And the rest is, like you said, sports information, uh, sports, uh, sports comm and mass comm students just working to get hands-on things. So if you look at the way we're able to produce all this content with a staff of three people and student workers, it's really amazing to see how we can produce content to the level of 
a Division One entity that has full-time staff, full-time cameramen, full-time video producers, all these different positions that they're paying people full-time for, we can create content that's mirroring that in a smaller environment with no, pretty much no staff except for students. And that's one of the main reasons I personally went Division Three. And again, I mean, running is a main thing that I was uh, interested in. But a lot of what drew me to Piedmont and smaller Division Three schools in general is exactly that. They're much smaller. And you get thrown into the fire. Like I said, I'd rather have it be that way. Maybe you struggle a little bit, but you don't have to sit there and try and get a full-time job to do some of this stuff. You Most of the times they're asking for people, hey, yeah. who wants to come do this? And all it takes is you to say, well, you know, I'll, I'll learn some stuff, maybe get some practice because I am going to probably have to do some of this in the future, yeah. um, no matter what it is, class or job related. But at the same time, it's interesting to think about because comparing that to Division One and even Division Two, some of those, a lot of those are just so big, you can't make it necessarily happen. And this with the production being able to be on basically that same level and you're you're working with student athletes and just student workers who just have a passion for it essentially and want to do something cool. I think is really neat because, like, I mean, we're looking around here, this radio station, all the different stuff around here. We're sitting in the podcast studio right now. A lot of this would, you know, maybe take a lot more effort to get into or try and do some – got to do something different to be able to get in these positions. And here we are, you know, sitting here on a Wednesday night making it happen. So it's definitely interesting to see how something as simple as, okay, social media, you know, that's been around forever – but you take it to a new level with Division Three, and even as simple as the broadcast equipment for what's put out on YouTube Live is a computer. They got a special little box, the camcorder, and two microphones for people to talk about it. And next thing you know, I mean, you have what I feel is sometimes uh, more entertaining than a Division One nationally televised game because, like yeah. you mentioned, you have people like Brett Loftus on the mic throw a lot of fire in there. I mean, anyone else puts their own flair on it. I think it's way more interesting – you know, to hear those people that you do know and you know how they are on a daily basis and you talk to them and then they get out there and be passionate about it. I think it's pretty interesting indeed. Yeah, but the, the one thing that we kind of mentioned is the ac- accessibility level that we have here at the Division three, Division three level because our school is so small compared to with D1. Like I mentioned, we get to work all these events um, and have hands-on experience. It kind of gets you out of your comfort zone. I know, like, say, like, if you use UGA as an example, but say, like, I was a student working in – the kind of the sports communication side of things wants to work on broadcast for a baseball game. They won't just get to go to that game and get on the mic and work on it. But for us with our sports casting class here, we get to go broadcast live on the local radio station uh, and get practice. This is something I've done hands-on um, going to broadcast a Piedmont baseball game. And obviously I'm a basketball player, so I wasn't really that well versed in the game of baseball, but to get out of my comfort zone and to do well in the class I had to brush up on baseball learn the terms learn the game learn the little nuances like the base numbers and all this gap numbers and the positions and how to call certain things and obviously we're taught this in the class but there's one thing about being taught it and then getting to go out later that week and really put it all that what you learned to use because then I'm having to sit up and live on air I'm calling the baseball game and I gotta gotta do it well because I can't just sit there and have dead silence going out on the air because I'm actually live on there and people are listening they are and that's the thing it's I mean sometimes I think ah nobody's listening but there are people that will sit there and listen to that because it's important And the coolest thing about it is a lot of the biggest draw is they know students are going to be on there doing Mm -hmm. that which is something that 
you know, you don't really necessarily get everywhere. Yeah. So I think that definitely is interesting because at the same time, throwing into the fire, I didn't, I don't know that much about baseball either. I personally really do follow basketball. Mostly that's about it, honestly, but that's where you get in there and it's like, you have to, you know, at least figure something out. Yeah. And that's where you sit there and say in a few years when I'm out there trying to get a job and you will be competing with those larger name schools that most of the time, like it does seem like, oh, wow. Okay. You know, this school over this school, that's a real thing. But at the same time, if you put down all the experience you have, I think that's honestly, it doesn't even compare to, you know, students, like you said, that don't really get an opportunity to just get out there and make it happen because there's a lot of red tape in other places, but that's the best part about here is it's, it's small enough where there is no red tape. You just have to get in there and do it. Yep. So I think that makes it really interesting. All right, Aaron. So one last question here before we go. I just want to know, I mean, we've been talking about all this great stuff. Is there one aspect of your experience working in Piedmont athletics in any form, maybe on the court, you know, doing stuff on the sidelines, whatever it might be, what's maybe your best and most valuable uh, memory that you think you have from all that? Um, I'd like to say there was one specific time actually I can think of. There was a day I was working a women's basketball game, doing some sideline video, taking photos, and then we were playing, so this year we played back-to-back, so I got done to recording some videos or whatever, taking some photos, and then we got to our game, and I had a I had a pretty good performance, probably one of my best of my career, really. Gotta love and, that, gotta love that. And so lately, in the past few years, we've stepped up our kind of broadcasting and post-game interview game, so... I was able to get a post-game interview, got to go up and talk to Chris Doncero, another yeah, member of our okay. Morscom department, awesome. one of my good friends that I have class with, and then have like one of your comrades, someone you have class with, one of your good friends interview about your performance on the athletic side of things. That was really cool because that was my first time getting a post-game interview and having it posted on um, not only the Piedmont uh, Instagram, Piedmont Basketball Instagram, getting that exposure. That felt really good, having all my friends repost that. That was a really cool experience for me just because it all brought everything together. Being able to be that student worker, be that content creator, then go be an athlete and then bring it full circle and have to talk to my other my partner who's up here doing broadcast, my one of my good friends that I have class with, it kind of brings it all full circle and you get to see just how tight knit the community is and how much experience you really get, not only on the court, but off the court immediately after. Well, yeah. And I mean, that wraps up legitimately everything we've been talking about here in terms of the, the whole point is it, the increased broadcast experience, just the overall athletic experience that has been uh, driven up in Division Three as a whole. We see it here as athletes. But like you said, I mean, it does come all full circle, which is the whole point of the experience. And the bottom line is you're sitting there saying, wow, that's cool. Chris, our good friend, loves doing that. Mm-hmm. I mean, Danielle's saying, wow, this is great. We have some content to put on all the social media platforms that all the friends, family, every all the loved ones, I mean, everybody you, you care about or cares about Piedmont sports gets to see that. And it all, it all happens relatively seamlessly because it isn't, it's like, it's not that crazy of a, thing to go say oh hey just go talk to your friend about how he played well Mm -hmm. and it's like but the value of just sitting there recording that putting it out there I mean it really does make the such an engaging experience that in like you said 2018 you know you probably wouldn't have ever heard of anything like this really happening so that's where it makes it interesting but that's I guess where we'll wrap it up there Aaron great talking to you man it's always good stuff I appreciate the help and I hope uh you listeners out there got some good notes because AP knows what he's talking about so Aaron thank you again Folks, for listening, thank you very much. This has been another episode of Socially Athletic. This has been Socially Athletic, the sports media podcast. Follow to stay up to date on episodes with new guests each week. 
Thank you for listening and make sure to check out the blog link below for more insight.